Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is RC Cola. No. RC Pro-Am for the NES. <laughs> now that you said that, I'm, I'm going to at some point say that. On <laughs> Just... I was going to seed it in early. RC Pro-Am was developed by Rare and published by Nintendo in North America in February of 1989 and published in Europe by them in April of 1989. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe they put them out the same year just to be nice to Rare. Yeah, maybe. I I mean, yeah, I don't know. Because this is part of the second wave of Rare games to come out for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. You know, at first they had Slalom and Wizards and Warriors in 1987. Yeah, yeah. Then in 88, for Game Tech, they did uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Okay. And they did Anticipation for oh, Nintendo. Okay. Don't worry, that'll, that'll be coming in the future. Oh. And this game here, RC Pro-Am. It wouldn't be until next year that they published their big slate with uh, WrestleMania, Marble Madness, California Games, Cobra Triangle, all those. Oh, sure. But this is somehow uh, a, a, another rare game we did in a row without thinking about it. Yeah. I For the yeah. NES. Because yeah. this, this game also has music by David Wise. Yeah. And, of course, being an early game from them, the game was designed by the Stamper Brothers. Oh, right. Yeah. Who, if you don't remember us talking about before, are the two brothers that founded Rare. And Rare is a UK developer. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they would go on to be known for Battletoads, Killer Instinct, and, of course, the Donkey Kong series. Yeah, or Donkey Kong Country. Yes, Donkey Kong Country series. Yes, it's important to, to, to parse those out. <laughs> now, this game uh, being developed by the Stampers, it was also programmed by Paul Proctor. And Stamper and Proctor are the surnames of my great-grandparents. Wow. So what a dink! You got RC Pro-Am in your blood, rare blood type. Oh, indeed. Uh, and I point that out because there's so little information uh, <laughs> out there about this game. I had to, to grasp for any straw, any straw uh. I could find. <laughs> because we've also talked about you know david wise and his awesome music in the past yeah yeah so sadly even though he's in this game we'll talk about it later doesn't get a lot to show off yeah it's true now this is a very early nintendo game and it really set the stage for many other racing games here in nintendo and super nintendo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to come after it yeah truly uh pretty influential So, Nick, what kind of game is RC Pro-Am? Well, sir, it's a overhead-ish, I guess, three-quarters view isometric racing game. You know those Brits, they love their isometric games. Hey, I so, do too. Of course, <laughs> they're going to make a racing game isometric. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it works out. It's a you know pretty much the exact same viewpoint style as uh, Rock and Roll Racing, a game we've covered many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this game, there is no... Uh, jump in fact uh, you never hit even hit a ramp i don't think in this game no no it's all flat baby it is but you accelerate that's right yeah pressing the b button that's your your big movement you move left or right with uh, left or right on the controller i don't think does forward or backward do anything does backward break at all no no there's no brakes in the 
Okay. Radio controlled pro-am. <laughs> well, uh, oh, we buried the lead. That's what it's called. RC pro-am is radio controlled because in this game, you are controlling a radio control car. That's that's why you yeah, have the perspective cool. you do. Yeah, but, and a little uh, antenna. Mm-hmm. And unlike a normal RC race, though, in this one, you can pick up weapons and other power-ups. Yeah, it was a pretty decent selection of items and such. Yeah, you, you use the uh, A button to use them if they are usable. Yes, and it... One thing I like is that if you do not have uh, anything equipped or usable, it's your horn. As it should be. As it should be. Now let's talk about the various things you will find on the tracks out there that power you up or give you points. Sounds good. You have letters. Yeah, you will find... I mean, there's typically just one per race, I think. And Mm -hmm. as you pick them up, you uh, collect them. And eventually you can spell Nintendo, which will give you 40,000 points and you upgrade your car to a different model a better model yeah and you get a thousand points just for picking up the letter oh okay that's nice so you got a little bit going on there and then when this game has been re-released as part of other collections the nintendo is replaced with champion hmm. i think that's how it was in the genesis version as well that's very polite of them now you'll also find stars out there yeah and these are just a little it's ammunition for whatever of the two weapons you might have equipped and then the opposite of a star is a skull yeah, which will subtract ammunition, so avoid those. But, you know, your big thing is the missiles or the bombs. Those are your two big power-ups. Yeah, missiles fire forward straight out of your car, and the bombs drop behind you, and you use them to wreck other opponents. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> now, when you pick it up, you have five. Yeah, and what's interesting is that the ammunition is constant between the two weapons. So even though you may pick up some missiles and then pick up some bombs, they, they don't have a separate ammo count. It, they are both the same. So it'll go up to like 10 of, and mm-hmm. you know, you can't switch until you pick up another item, but at least you keep your ammo. But it doesn't stop at 10. You can have a lot of ammo. Yes, you can accumulate a lot and it's a good thing to do. It truly is. Now, when you're racing, Uh, There's a couple things else you'll see on there. We'll talk about those in a minute, but let's just paint a little picture of the the screen because the top of the screen is just the track, you know, like we said, third person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's also more information for you at the bottom of the screen. And one of those things is the kind of weapon you have on your right and then the ammo for it. Yeah. Now, above that, you have the speed at which you're going, your miles per hour. Do you think that they uh, switched that to kilometers per hour for the uh, European release? I, I would imagine so. I I, <laughs> I hope so. And then what's on the left side? Oh, well, you have your score. You have the lap counter for the race, mm-hmm. as well as what track you're on. I, they call it level in the manual, but... It's just the number of tracks. Yeah, yeah. How far you've gotten. And then in the center of your little display is a map. A very useful map, actually. Yeah, it shows you and the other three opponents. Yeah, I mean, that is... That's great. The very, you know, that's kind of a, ahead of its time in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, while you're out on that track, amongst the hazards and power-ups, there are more permanent power-ups you can find. Yeah. And those are, uh, there's three. They are acceleration, the accelerator, top mm-hmm. speed, which is an engine, mm-hmm. and handling, which is a tire. Yeah. And you get points for picking those up as well. Yeah, and you kind of have a status screen. You can't really access it until between races, but you can collect up to four of each of these to kind of max out the stats for your current vehicle. But there's usually only one per race, correct? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you'll find one of two different kinds, but I don't think... Yeah, yeah. but only one accelerator or one engine. It seems to be that way, yeah. And then I also think, uh, does it say in the manual, 
you don't get the effect of them till after the race. Is that correct? That I don't know. I uh, I feel like you might because, but I don't know if I'm just like confirmation biasing. But sometimes when I would pick one up, I'd feel like I was like, oh man, I'm I'm going faster already. But I wouldn't testify in court on that. All right. <laughs> And you need these upgrades to be able to compete with the other vehicles, especially after the first few tracks. Now, there is one other semi-permanent power-up you can get, mm-hmm. and that is the roll cage. Yeah, this is a very important item because it, it, well, it makes you, you're not invincible, but if you wreck from running off of the road because of an oil slick or something, you won't explode. You'll just stop. Yes. Now, let's talk about the way this the races work in this game, because... As we said, there are these power-ups. So think of a normal, you know, isometric race, mm-hmm. no problem. And as you and, the, and like you said, there are hazards that will spin you out. Uh, other cars hitting you can can knock you off the road or spin you out. Mm-hmm. But you also, you know, have these weapons. So you want to shoot anyone in front of you, bomb behind you. Yeah. Each race is a different set number of laps, and you look at the bottom, it'll tell you there. Mm-hmm. But the weird part is, is that the game does not go until you cross the finish line. No, whoever gets first, it the race stops. You're locked in. Yes. Which can be very awkward sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's tough because if you place fourth, it's a game over. <laughs> yes, because uh, only the top three cars out of four racers move on to the next race. Yes. Now, if you do game over, there are continues, though. Yeah, I think you get two, three. Sure. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. But it is pretty unforgiving because... yeah. That's it. Now, when you do continue, you do can keep the stats from your car. Yeah, but your I think your speed and you lose your trophies too. You lose your trophies. Yeah, which accumulate at the bottom of your um, tally screen there after each race. It's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, this is an early Nintendo game, but it is published by the Big N. I got to believe they have at least a decent manual for this one. I would say they do. It is, however, very brief. It is only nine pages. Well, it doesn't really have to be because there's not there's not a lot going on here. Yeah, absolutely. It's you get a couple of screenshots. You get drawn like sprites for the items and obstacles. I always like that. Yeah, yeah. It goes through the list, shows you your trophy and gives you a couple hints. Um It does say something that's kind of, I believe, contentious. It claims to have 32 tracks, but I've seen uh, otherwise (laughs) in other... Yeah, there's only 24. And even those, really, like, I guess we can get into it later, but there's really like eight tracks with varying obstacles and stuff placed within them. Correct. But yeah, that's literally it. It's a very brief, but, uh, you know, effective manual, I guess you could say. I guess you could, because (laughs) you just did. And I'll stand behind it. So, Nick, what was your personal history with RC Pro-Am? I feel like this game was in a lot of people's collections being a, an 88 release. Yeah, uh, this was in mine. I was a pretty early gift from my grandparents, actually. Wow. So It's not even anything close to educational. No, I know. It's. I mean, it was one of those that wasn't violent enough. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, 1943 or this snuck by. Other right. times. Other times it was Othello. So, yeah, I owned this game, but I... Couldn't tell you how far I got, maybe into the low teens as far as the tracks. Yeah, I mean, this is a game I can remember playing at least once or twice at other people's houses. Mm -hmm. 
But if you only give it a minute of your time and you're also nine to 10 years old, the controls can seem indecipherable. Yes, it was. I could not figure out how to orient. You know, I didn't understand the turning. You know, this was like a a step of growth for me as a player where I had to move beyond where I was like, oh, okay, it's from whatever angle of the car. Not, I'm not pressing right to go right, you know? I'm pressing right to rotate Correct. To these degrees or... And I never played it enough to figure that out. So as a kid, I was just like, oh, that's that one of those arcade games that just, con- or racing games that just controls super weird. Yeah, and honestly, because I didn't ask for this game, <laughs> but if I didn't have it, I would never have probably battled past that. Well, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game, the RC of programs? Well, sir, um, I, I played a decent amount. Uh, I played a little bit for three days, I think. Uh, one, I, I kind of putzed around without really cheating, but at one point I, I made my big cheat run and I was able to get to track 21. Okay, excellent. I, I did the same. I played no cheats for a couple of days. I used it as a nice palate cleanser from when uh, Elden Ring was just crushing <laughs> my soul. So no. Uh, when I couldn't defeat a boss, I felt like I should. I'd take a break, play a little bit of this, clear my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I again, same with you. I did do a cheat push. I did not get as far as you. I tapped out around 18, I think. I I mean, I was... I just was like, man, I just wasn't... At that point, I felt like I'd seen all I need to see, and I wasn't really feeling like I had to make it to 24. I, I really wanted to just get to 24 to say I could, because, you know, we should also mention this game is endless. Yeah, it'll just keep cycling through. So there's no true beating it. But I wanted to at least be able to say I could get to the 24th. But at 21, I ran into a problem where I finally upgraded to the third car. And yeah, I never got there. <laughs> believe you me, I, uh, I guess this is something we didn't mention earlier. But when you upgrade your car, everyone's cars upgrade as well. Mm. So yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> so at this point, I was like, oh, no, I'm in this really hard track. And now I have all of I'm back to zero on all my power up stats. And I could not compete at all. Like I tried and tried and I was just I, I couldn't even get third. I was getting lapped. It was it was humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, friends, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that this game, while great, has so much squeal. <laughs> 90% of what you're going to hear when you're playing is squeal. Yeah, when you don't have any music to take up any other, you know, it's just squealing and wheeling and dealing. And you squeal almost every turn you make, so it's going to be happening a lot. Yeah, yes, it will. <laughs> now, it's a bummer because the sound design of this game is great. Like, I really love all the sounds of the power-ups, the start of the race, the little snippets of music you have are very good. Yeah, yeah. David Weiss pulled it through like the theme song. I forgot all about that. That took me back. Gave me some nostalgia. It's good. It's a great little theme song. And like I said, I even like all the little incidental like tiny snippets and the sound effects. They're all great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just you need something during those long races, especially if you, you know, racing three or four in a row and you just squeal, squeal, squeal. Yeah. Explosion. (laughs) Repeat. And cursing. And cursing. (laughs) Now, one of the things I did not like about this game is the fact that any power-ups I got in this game were just happenstance. Yeah. I'm never like, oh, I've got it. I'm aiming for that power-up. It's just, oh, that power-up was on my way through the track. Sometimes, if you have enough laps by the end, I'll be like, remember, after this turn, there's that engine. Get it, or try yeah. to anyways. But, but I've I, usually gotten them on accident the first lap or two. 
yeah, sometimes that's kind of your first lap collecting stuff, second lap trying to make back some time. But, you know, it's one of those games where I didn't benefit from this anymore, but it really is since all the tracks are the same, you kind of learn them and how to power up better as you and quicker as you play repeatedly. Oh, for sure. Now, as some uh, listeners may know, I am a longtime fan of the arcade game Ivan Iron Man Stewart's Off-Road Racing. Yep, yep. Same and way. I also had the Super Nintendo version of that game. So control-wise, oh. I got real into this real quick yeah, as an adult. It, I, I was kind of surprised. I, I didn't realize, but looking back, like RC Pro-Am predated Super Off-Road. So, um, you know, the inspiration is there, you know? Oh, yeah. This Well, and if you look at it, Rare actually made the Nintendo version of Super Off-Road. Oh, okay. So I wonder if they used like some of the same stuff. <laughs> I mean, now, I thought the controls were great. Like I once you get it down, I was surprised at how well this game controlled. Yeah, it's it's a little touchy. Um, and, you know, that does kind of change as you upgrade your tires a little. But right. It, it, it's good stuff. It, I like it. It's hard to aim missiles sometimes. But well, for me, it's impossible. Like the only time I'm hitting something with a missile is when it's passing me. That's basically that was generally my, you know, uh, or very close by. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not shooting down a stretch to hit anyone. That's not ever going to happen. No, no. I mainly use them as like, oh, you think you can get in front of me? I think not. I mean, it's kind of a, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of strategies from uh, Mario Kart pull over because you can use the bombs like you would dropping a shell. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times it's more useful than the missile itself, but. Agreed. Gets very tough, though, I think, uh, pretty quick with the, you know, only being able to continue three times until having to completely start over is it can be rough. But it's I found it not as frustrating as I thought I would, because this is like a score game. It's you're not trying to complete or win anything. Right. And so, it's, you know, the track familiarity is a huge thing, like you talked about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, without that, you're really just flying blind. So once you have that down this game does get a lot easier because you definitely have to know where to hit like the speed boosts and things like that. Yeah. Not only that, but as we mentioned before, it's got what eight actual track layouts, you know, with different items or obstacles on it. So once you, especially once you've kind of learned those shapes and they, as they keep coming up, you're like, okay, it's you're you're not as caught off guard as you would be the first time. Yeah. And uh, speaking of those speed boosts, I really love the way it looks when you hit them. There's something well, goofy about it, how it shunts you forward. Yeah, yeah. I think this game does a great job of making you feel like you're moving really fast, like for a little RC car. Mm-hmm. You know, it scrolls by quick. Your your cars are animated well. The momentum feels good. Uh, yeah, and, and I want to really double down on what you just said. The animation in this game is so good, and that's what really sells, I think, a lot of this game, is there's so few sprites. Right, but, right. you know, and I, I understand that's kind of the big problem. And the vehicles all look the exact same, but they're so well animated when they rotate. Yeah. There's so many different frames of animation there. That it really does capture like the turning in a way that makes it feel good mm-hmm. and look great. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a treat, especially for 88, like early 88. Like it's uh, good stuff, man. Yeah. I, You know, in a way, I kind of wish this would ha- had somehow ended up in my collection because I think this is a game that, once you have it memorized, you could just sit down and be like, okay, I want to play for 20 minutes and just see how far I can go. Yeah, give it a go. You know, maybe write down your score. It's, I mean, the biggest hit against this game is, you know, the real problem with a lot of old racing games. And that is that it is 
Only one player. Yeah, I I couldn't remember. I was I was kind of disappointed. Where I was like, oh, like especially because in the beginning it says player one start. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, how do I get to player two start? Yeah, and for me, that's a huge thing. Where it's like racing games to me are just okay, but once you add versus racing, that's when I'm like, okay, now it's yeah. top. Now I want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it would be like impossible to do in this game due to the scale at which you're playing at. Yeah. You know, you're not all on one screen, like off-road. Right, right. So I definitely understand why not in processing all that stuff. But it would go so much further to make this game like a true classic. Well, there is the, I've never played it, but RC Pro-Am 2 that came out in 92 is compatible with the four score or oh well or whatnot. So there's a four-player sequel out there. but We might have uh, to get into to... that at some point. <laughs> yeah, could be cool. There's also a Game Boy sequel, I think, as well. I saw that, and I think that would work really well. Maybe you could get the two-player with the link cable. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's going to be a two-parter. Because uh, if we are covering <laughs> some of these racing games on Game Boy, they're just so so sparse, and there's not a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah. We could cover that and uh, F1 Racer. Oh, yeah. A game which I convinced my dad to buy me because he loves Formula 1 racing. <laughs> and then played for a whole hour or two. Well, that came with the multi-adapter thing, right? Yeah, a multi-adapter. I... Carried around for years across this country to different houses and moves and never once utilized. <laughs> now, one thing uh, that's interesting, you know, we've mentioned this being a kind of a inspirational game for off-road or even Mario Kart, you can say. And one, one thing I think that really pulls through is, have you ever seen the AI do their super boost? It, yeah, where they're like flashing? Well, it'll just go super fast. Um, yeah. It, and the manual even points it out at one point, I think, where if you use... Okay, that's... Yeah, I was going to get into that. If you use too many weapons or whatever, then I get, I, I've i heard it's always a yellow car, but I feel like I've seen other colors do this, where they just start going super fast. And you can see it on the map where you're like, there's no way. I cannot catch up. They go to the max speed of like 120 miles per hour or whatever. Yeah. That's an interesting way of kind of limiting the uh, amount of cheese you're doing with with the weapons yeah well it's just it kind of harkens to that later you know with mario kart computer players just always catching up to whoever the last place human player is you know mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. but so that's all right it, it, it's it can be frustrating but you can still shoot for third yeah but the overall i think the ai in this game is pretty good without being like it's not it, it never feels like it's cheating yeah yeah like they go off the course, you get knocked around. It's not like, oh, they're only perfect. Yeah, and thank, there's no like blue shells or anything coming on here. But thank goodness. One thing that can be frustrating, I found though, is that when you spin out and wreck, right, mm-hmm. your car will turn into a you know a little crash, and then you know you'll you'll respawn. But when you respawn, you're always facing whatever the last angle that you were at when you were spinning. Yeah, that can be very frustrating. It, it's a weird skill that I slowly and kind of accidentally developed where you realize, you're like, oh, wait, no, because you assume it will be like, it's going to point me forward, and it doesn't. And then you go off and maybe careen into another oil slick or blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> and since the turning radius is so tight in this game, you can get into those places where you turn around too much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and are going like backwards, a la you know, Mario Kart as well. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's something to watch out for. But I did find that it's just intuitive enough that I kind of picked up on it after a while and got over it, you know? Oh, for sure. Uh, one other thing about the uh, Proctor on this game, Paul Proctor, he has a very weird and short list of credits. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of them are high scores in games made by Rare. But I did oh. sound, find he did the audio, the sound effects and programming for uh, the game Pinbot, which Pinbot. Was, a, it was an arcade game and a Nintendo game. And I think it's like a digital pinball. Okay. Like it was an arcade game that was a pinball game. Oh, wow. Okay. But uh, perhaps we'll add this to our collection of uh, <laughs> video pinball games <laughs> as I try to win you over with them. But really, the the key factor is you have to look at the cover for this at some point because it is phenomenal. Yeah, on it, Pinbot. Oh, Will yeah. you dare Pinbot to the Pinball Challenge? Wow, that's a cool. That is a cool cover, man. That's yeah. It's like a crazy like album pinball cover. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, that was just the uh, one other thing I needed to add there. <laughs> cool. I was like, why do I have this tab up about Pinbot? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this Pinbot? Right, this is it, the level-by-level level portion of our show. And this game has, well, depending on the manual or the <laughs> game itself, was it 30, 30 how many? The manual claims there's 32 tracks. There seems to only be 24 before it repeats, but it will go ad infinitum. Infinite. Yeah, you can. So we're going to talk about the 24 tracks, barely. We're going to go over the individual shapes, and we're going to tell you, we're going to talk about the hazards you're going to find out there. Yeah. So let's get into these hazards. There's not a ton. Uh, no, no, there's not. Um, and they're pretty classic. You got your water puddle. Yeah, a rain cloud. Now, the water puddle slows you down. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it's not not horrible. Uh, the rain cloud is like a water puddle that moves around. Yeah, yeah. So, again, not too bad. The one that really gets you is the oil slick. It is a devilish little beast because it will send you squirreling around, and if you hit a wall, you will wreck. Yeah, and they like to put them on tur- turns. So if you hit it on that turn, you're not curving around the bend. You're going spinning straight off. They know right where you're going to drive, so expect it in there. And then your other, and probably the worst of all the enemies or you know hazards on the road would be the pop-up barriers. Yeah, this is like a metal wall that rises up and down out of the ground kind of randomly. It, I mean, I just try to avoid it <laughs> either way. It does not seem like it would be a welcome addition to a real or rc course but i guess the people that play on these ones like it live dangerously <laughs> i i guess and you know whoever's building this court they can have an animatronic walls so where they're like yeah this track it's been thousands i mean car guys you know rc people are kind of crazy so i i wouldn't put it past them yeah no hey more power to them i hope they do i mean you know you know the gr- granular detail that people will get into with their uh slot cars yeah that's with, true with your that's, dad so that's true that's true yeah so that's it. That's it for the uh, hazards. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into these uh, courses here. We've got, well, uh, they've got names on the, the thing I'm looking at, but I think that's just ones that were made up. Okay. Uh, starting off, you've got a simple course that is a just a loop with one extra turn in it. Yeah, you see some really just puddles here, so nothing too tough. And this same exact course will become levels 1, 3, 9, 20, and 23. Yeah, so uh, getting more and more crowded with obstacles, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, The next track is, well, it's the same as the track before, almost. It's an ovular ovular track. They all are. What am I saying? This one has two (laughs) extra curves in it. Yeah. It gets a little tricky, and this level's 2, 10, and 11. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, For some reason, the next course is called Texas here on the section of maps I'm looking at. And these names might also be pulled from Nintendo Power. 
because it was covered in the actually not Nintendo Power in uh, the Nintendo Fun Club. Okay. And Texas is a popular track. It is tracks four, six, 12, 17, and 22. And this one's nice because uh, it's got one real long straightaway on it mm-hmm. at the top of the course. Which and is it, where you're going to get your time back, probably. or Especially if you've upgraded beyond the computer. Yeah, same here. Uh, next up, we have the U course, as it's called, because the top of it has a U in it. And this is a very short course with a lot of curves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is levels 5, 15, 18, and 21. Uh, next up is the speed course, my favorite. And it's just like the very first course, the simple course, but way longer straightaways. Kind of a almost dog bone shape. Mm-hmm. And this levels 7, 13, 14, and 19. And I think later on, this becomes the only uh, type of track that has two pop-up barriers on it. Mm, not cool. No, so watch out. Next up, we have curves. And it is only level 8. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, wrap your brain around that. This is a tough one because it's got like three hairpin turns in a row. Yes, and I'm glad it's only one level because it was not fun. There's a similar one I think later that's like reversed. I, or there's another one with the triple, which later on. I uh, real quick, Eric, I'd like to ask you a question about this game that I meant to bring up earlier. Here's another. <laughs> do you? Th- I would like to play this game again, and do you think it would be easier to not upgrade your car? Because that's what stopped me at the end was I upgraded to the final car and then I was way too far behind to compete in these higher, tr- more difficult tracks. Yeah, I, th- I think you could be correct. I mean, by upgrade, I think you mean change cars. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you definitely want to upgrade the stats of your car. Yeah, but since you lose all those when you change cars, it's like, is it better to just stay like or maybe even as the very first, you know, you're you are going slower, but so is everyone else. And it seems like it might make it easier. I don't know. Might be That's worth definitely a... something to check out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry about that little sidebar. <laughs> it's all right because, um, you know, there's only one other track to talk about. And that's track 16, uh, the pointy oh. track. Ooh. Yeah, lots of curves here. Yeah, it just comes to a point at one end and you have a mini S-curves on your way back to the, the starter. This has one really long straightaway with a bunch of speed boosts on it. So I do like this one a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. I mean, really, your tactics are the same for every single course. You got to learn where the speed boosts are. Mm-hmm. You got to learn your cor- your turns and corners. And like you said, if you haven't picked up those power ups by the, the second lap, you need to remember where they are to grab them on the third. And in some ways, these will change is the number of laps where like I've you'll see the same track, but it'll come up again, you know, harder, of course. But now it's six laps sometimes, or I've seen some really high. Sometimes it'll go down to two as you're racing. It's an interesting surprise sometimes. <laughs> it definitely is. This is it. The final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review system that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics. And sound. I was really torn here. Uh, yeah. I ended up giving it a 2.5. Okay. I went with 3.0, but I was... Well, here's my thing, and, and I think we're on the same page. It's just that there's not not a lot. Yes, and nothing looks crazy fancy except for the turning, the animation of yeah. the cars. The sound effects, the music, great. The cars look amazing. The turning animation, fantastic. But... You're going to see the same five trees. 
or clumps of trees. The graphics for the tracks, all the exact same. The cars are the exact same car, repeated in four different colors. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's why it didn't break off that 2.5. Like it's right in the middle of the road. If yeah. there had been more backgrounds, uh, if the cars looked slightly different from each other, or if you raced other cars, you know, like maybe they upgraded differently when, than when you did. So it wasn't yeah. all four at the same time on the field. Any of these little things could have popped it up for me a little bit. But the problem is, is there's just not enough. Yeah, I mean, the backgrounds go by pretty quick, which makes it look fast. I like that, but I, I do want to credit that there's, I didn't notice, I don't think, any slowdown or flicker. No. Which I wonder if that's kind of a benefit of the isometric view because things aren't all lined up horizontally or vertically like they would be, you know, on other games where flicker gets real bad, but I didn't see any of it here. So props to you, Rare. Props indeed. Next up is play control, and I gave it a 4.0. I gave it a 3.0, but I, you know, I was kind of torn. But I was like, everything feels great, you know. It's everything. I mean, the the missiles are hard to control, but that's not. I think that's just part of the game. Yeah, and it's very precise where it needs to be. There's not a lot to do, but there's not a lot you need to do either. You know. Yeah, I mean, I felt very confident and the ability to turn and handle, especially once I had my upgrades, whenever it needed me to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Following this is Challenge Factor. Oh, I went with a 4.0 here. Same. This game never gets easy. Yeah. Like you're, ne- you're never like, oh, now I've powered up all the way and I'm just roasting the other vehicles. No, they, they the progression stays pretty... I mean, it always stays pretty tough. and then, But it's it's an arcade score challenge game. So yeah, it's not as frustrating. It's not like, gosh, I don't know how you're expected to get to level 28 to, or... And hit you that know. final boss. No. Like, there isn't one. So just... Enjoy what what's there. Yeah. And finally, we have theme and fun. I gave it a 3.5. A 3.0 here. You know, I could see that 0.5, but for me, I thought this game was really fun. It's just uh, a little repetitive. There's not a whole lot of meat on the bone. Well, Eric, I'm not going to lie. I, I misread. I actually wrote down 3.0, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it, it is a very simple and addictive game, I think. Yes. But... It, and it's kind of punishing, but I, I think the, the fun offsets it. And I mean, if there's a way to save, I guess you could write down or record your scores to kind of give it that little extra push. But to me, I feel like it kind of occupies the same niche as Quirk or Quicks, like we just played, where it's like, it's just a fun game to play for a little while, see how good you can do, you know? And yeah, I mean, you're not going to sit down and be like, I'm beating this game. But if you want to kill a couple minutes, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, Nick, I ask, as I always do, should you play this game? I think it's worth a shot. It's definitely worth checking out. This is not a game you're going to decide it will be your new speedrun centric uh, universe, (laughs) Uh, you know, but it is definitely, especially for its time, interesting to see how a lot of these games started and that the start was so strong. Yes. And given how influential it turned out to be, you know, you can see it almost emerged fully formed this kind of genre right here where it's it's impressive especially when you compare it to other nes games from early 88 like stands out it definitely is next week's game will be maniac mansion for the nintendo entertainment system so find a copy of that game and play along friends that is right and if you want to Get a hold of us and tell us about how much you like Maniac Mansion, the television show. You can do so at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll tabulate your results. Well, 
Eugene Levy's in that one, right? Uh, yeah, I think in uh, Joe Flaherty. Yeah, it's a full uh, SCTV <laughs> reunion. I, I've never actually seen it, but I, I remember seeing commercials for it and an advertisement in Nintendo Power. Excellent. Or if you just love RC Pro-Am and you think all the other games that followed it are trash, <laughs> you hate Iron Man Ivan Stewart and his off-road racing, you can also let us know at Cartridge Command at Facebook or Cart Command on the Twitterverse. Yeah, or, you know, if you want to weigh in, how do you feel about RC Cola? Is it better than RC Pro-Am? I don't think so, but maybe you do. Maybe you do. <laughs> maybe this is Royal Crown Pro-Am. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's radio-controlled cola. We never knew. We never knew this whole time. But of course, we go out of our way to thank those awesome, fine, wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their financial support that actually makes this show happen mm-hmm. at all. I mean, <laughs> to be honest with you, we are two guys that have other jobs, uh, busy lives. And this is a, a thing we do in our spare time that we love. But there's, knowing that there's people out there that are paying our bills, that pay for our hosting fees, that want to hear this. That really gives us that extra drive to keep rocking and rolling for all of you. So thank you. Thank you so very much. And if you don't give, consider doing so. Even a dollar helps out. Yeah. Thank you for your time and service. Indeed. And as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on. That's all I have here because no one no one wrote any information about it. <laughs> and in fact, if you look at the um, about on the Wikipedia, it's actually just the history of rare. Right, right. So fair enough, or should I say, rare enough? <laughs>